1: Exploring Faith and the Future. Neil Johnson and Bible teacher Dr.
0: Camille Magdaly. We're talking about one of those things that's so so important for Christian believers. Sometimes it feels like it's a dry topic to talk about, but in fact, it's alive with the foundations of our faith. We're talking about doctrine Camille, when we talk about doctrine or the accepted teaching of the church, we began to talk in our last program about people who have itchy ears and who are drawn away to hear some things that they think sounds good but might not necessarily be sound in doctrine. What's the
1: solution for the sort of warning that you give to people? Well, it's wonderful that in the Word of God itself, it doesn't just tell us the problems. It always, always tells us the solution. So you're referring to 2 Timothy 4, verse 3, where Paul says that the time will come that they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, and that's an important point, after their own lusts, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears. Itchy ears means they want to hear something pleasant, something affirming, something that's pardon the expression, self-esteem building, and they don't want to hear anything that would sound corrective or would make them feel bad. I still remember the story of a student, male student in a Christian university in the U S who went up to his college president who had just given a sermon in chapel about first Corinthians 13, the love chapter. And the students basically saying your, your message makes me feel terrible because I'm not loving enough. In other words, You didn't build me up in my self-esteem. You made me feel convicted that I don't love enough. Instead of pandering to him and saying, you poor little thing, the president actually said, this is a university, not a daycare. This is exactly what's happening today. So what is the solution? Well, the solution is found in that same chapter of 2 Timothy 4, verse 2, and it's what the college president did. He preached the word. He preached 1 Corinthians 13, which is a wonderful, lofty chapter. It's one of the most famous chapters in the entire Bible. And so that's what we all are meant to do. But of course, before we can preach the word, we need to know the word. Knowing the word of God is, of course, a lifetime study, but you don't have to wait a lifetime before you give your first word from the word. You do give it. As you go along, I mean, we're always, in a sense, in training or on-the-job training. But it is so important in an age where people are preaching all kinds of stuff, but it's really not Christ-centered, Word-based, Spirit-anointed, or God-honoring. We need to return to this practice. But I do warn you, the thing is to give those kind of sermons, which are life-changing. It takes time. It takes hours to put them together, and not everyone wants to sacrifice that kind of time for these kind of sermons, but how else are we going to feed the sheep, Neil, unless we invest that time in sermon preparation? Reflect for
0: a moment, Camille, on the reluctance of some preachers to present sound doctrine because it feels controversial.
1: It's very simple. If you have a smile on your face, love in your heart, and you've prayed up a storm, have no fear. The Holy Spirit will take the sermon and cause it to connect with people right where they're at. And remember, we all are wired to hear from God. And when we do, because you've done the cost of preparation, it will be accepted. Faith